0: Hey everyone, this is Mark Marble.
1: And I'm Jim Ford.
0: And this is Cast Presents Pre-Birth!
1: Yeah, episode 12?
0: 12. Issue 13, episode 12.
1: <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> From the time that you told me to the time that I had to say it, I nearly forgot.
0: That's right, I've, I've had to check it like three times tonight just to make sure that I... And I know that it's right, and sometimes you still have to go back and check. <laughs> but it's, oh, yes. it's better to be safe than sorry. Uh, so we're back a little, like a few weeks later than probably originally I, w- I would have planned and even I think back when we did the last episode back in the spring, I think we were kind of targeting a June recording, which never quite obviously panned out, which wasn't all our fault. I remember it was just that uh, Chad and I were kind of on a roll playing catch-up so it made sense to uh, catch up before we started filling in taking a breather to do some uh, some of the spin-offs
1: yeah blame Chad
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> that, well that really wasn't the, the point but it's okay <laughs> but when in doubt it's, it's like it's like in case of, in case of emergency <laughs> break glass and blame Chad <laughs> uh,
1: what is the lesson what is the takeaway blame Chad
0: <laughs> uh, so we're back with certainly one of the more the more unique issues in this series I would say
1: yeah, yes, this issue came out, it says March of 2002, so uh, and I bought it when it came out, um, which means that I've had this issue for 15 years before reading it.
0: And was it wasn't worth the wait, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> you, people at home, you probably already know the answer that's coming, but... <laughs> <laughs> Negative. Ah. Uh. Oh, yeah. Just so sad. Yeah. So, this is going to be an this is going to be an interesting slash difficult issue to actually to I think it's it's going to be difficult to encapsulate because on one level it's a pretty simple story, but because of the way it's structured in the book, uh, in a way I mean I guess in a way it's maybe it's psychological. When you, when you look at it, that it's – from a reader's point of view, it, it is much t- more difficult to, f- to go through something like this because this is a, this is a comic book which is much more – which is all pretty much about prose with just a few accompanying pictures. Mm-hmm. So the pictures really don't tell the story in this. It's really the – so it's – so on that level, it's unique, and I think maybe that's what makes it a little more challenging to describe without literally reading verbatim what's going on, which we're not really going to do. Uh, <laughs> just because – I, mean, I mean theoretically, it wouldn't even take that long to do page by page, but we're not going to do that because it really – it doesn't really you know need to be done. But yeah. – um,
1: You want so, me to do the, uh, the synopsis?
0: Yeah, why don't you do the synopsis and and I was going to say whichever one of us did it that this is probably one of those issues where if if something if we feel there's something that needs to be said then either one of us could jump in but uh but I will try to wait if I if there's something I want to add I will try to wait I'll try to wait to the end unless I think it's absolutely critical but okay
1: um, yeah I'm going to do this this real quick um, kind of broad strokes. Uh, the the beginning, which is pretty much the only thing that needs any setup, you have a man drowning, and, uh, you know, he's drowning, like, literally in the ocean. He basically threw himself into it. He is dying on purpose, and his only thought was of her. So, who is her? Uh, you have, like, a quick little, um, you know, introduction to who she is. Just some forever woman who wants to sing, and uh, then we go to the spe- spectra – spectre, specter. How do you
0: say it? Specter. Specter. Yes, you because, know because it could because it it can be spelled e r. I think it's more. I think it's more like the. I think it's more like the English spelling to do r e. I think or vice versa. But it's it's just it's specter like a ghost. So it's not. So it could be spelled or R-E, Kind of like theater. How it could Yeah, it could change
1: okay, because, you know, I, I've heard it's, you know, said both ways, and I'm not, you know, like, I never really was married to one way or the other, you know, so I kind of bounce back and forth. Okay, so, yeah, we go to the Spectre, and all of a sudden, he starts hearing this this voice, this song, and he needs to go, you know, figure out where it's coming from. Uh, turns out, it's coming from that, like, hmm... What would you say? This is like a Aztec type pyramid in the middle of a forest.
0: Yes, the one we revisited a few issues ago, when I think it was Helen and the Phantom Stranger and Hal when they were go- when they yeah. were doing that tour. So it was only I think it was only like two issues ago. The one before the Santa Claus issue, I think, was the one where we actually saw saw this temple where they were last. Right.
1: Yeah. So it's in like some sort of South American jungle scenario, and that's where he meets her. This, this woman who, upon meeting her, he's thrown through a door in his soul and revisits every life that he's already lived and ever would live. Uh, and then, you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, who are you? You know, um, I am the woman. I am going to, you know, like, I, I want what other humans have. It's like, but who who are you? and essentially what we get is she's Eve and the reason that the specter was called there was because she wants to finally have, you know, eternal peace because she's been alive for all this time and the only one that can give her this, you know, eternal peace is her her love which is, you know, essentially Adam who was the one that killed himself and now they're saying is Hal Jordan reincarnated in one of his many lives. And, um, yeah, he, he fights it at first and then eventually realizes, you know, because he has the anger that she abandoned him, you know, in order to go on the search for the apple of knowledge. And, uh, that's, that's when he, you know, killed himself. And, um, She basically, you know, she says to the Spectre, it's like, okay, so I've lived all this time, I've experienced all there is to experience, and now it's just nothing but sorrow and memories. So, next to the Tree of Life is a tree of nothing but black apples. It's the the Tree of Death. And, did they call it the Tree of Death?
0: I don't think that they did. Let's see, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, no, no, I don't think they. It just, it just, it, we just know it is because it says it's going to consume her immortality, but it doesn't necessarily. Yeah, doesn't really phrase it that way.
1: Yeah, so next to these, the white apples of knowledge are the black apples of death that consume your knowledge and everlasting life and everything like that, and you'll die in one hour. So. She wants to have, like, an eternity with her, you know, her past husband, and so she, she goes, they, they go, they both go, they get the apple, she takes a bite, and then they proceed to have an eternity in an hour, which, because he's a specter and, you know, other higher power reasons, time slows down to the point where they essentially live an entire lifetime in this one hour. And, you know, eventually, like, she starts growing old, and, you know, he is able to grow old with her by the power of the specter. You know, so it it appears that he is growing old with her. You know, and she finally, you know, passes, and, you know, he's just like, well, you know, um, you know, he goes from his old man's form to his specter form again. And, you know, he misses her, and then he realizes, oh, wait a second, that's right, I'm the Spectre, so he he, uh, steps over to the, you know, the side of death for a second and, like, walks her soul into the, you know, the everlasting whatever, where she becomes a star and sings her song, you know, evermore, and Hal is just kind of, like, all alone and everything like that as the Spectre, but he realizes that... You know that song is going to bring him joy, and eventually, someday down the road, his soul will find peace, and he'll be a star also, and they'll both sing together.
0: And I like the little infinity symbol with both their both the stars, both the stars symbolizing him and her in in the infinity symbol. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of cool. Uh one of the things I did li- I did like about the setup for this was the fact that how Hal, you know, despite, you know, Hal's calling and trying to be, you know, the the redeemer and everything else that there is that how sad he was and how empty he was and how lonely he was. And how at the end supposedly he's going because of everything he just experienced and learned or relearned and because the fact that now basically she's shining down on him all the time that He's not quite as alone in his mission. That even when he gets down and he thinks, and and if he has feelings like that again, now all he has to do is look up and he realizes there's something more to that. You know, there's something more to him to drive him forward for his for his mission. Um, Obviously, this issue picks up, continues. You know the De Mateus concept, which we've you and I have talked about and debated <laughs> during the run of this of the spin off show so far, the idea that how the multiple lives and having it intertwined and reliving this and going back to that and how so I mean he is pretty consistent in the concepts that, you know, overall that he wants to touch upon in um in this in the series, whether they always work or not we know is is, is up for grabs but mm-hmm. I think, I thought Suck's art actually worked really well in this issue
1: yeah yeah I would say, because hey, it's like you know it, it is almost well, like, um, the like a cross between well it's, it's like a cross between illustration and almost like um uh, Kind of like a like a cave painting kind of right. idea.
0: And, and it also struck me from a from reading it. It's it's almost like a storybook kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know there's technically there's, there's more there's words there's more prose than would be in a normal storybook. But the way the but the way it's structured kind of is, and even the way we're looking at it from the outside in, it just doesn't feel like a normal comic book. It's not like a normal adventure we see of, the, of a character going through this. We're like we're so far removed in reading it and, and looking at it from a different perspective, and the character himself kind of seems removed that it does seem different than it was. It diff it definitely is a it definitely is a different tone. I think even though the concepts are similar that we've seen and we will continue to see in this book, it's the way it's presented is different. So it makes this. It makes this issue definitely one of the more unique ones in this entire series. One of the ones that I like, you and I talked about before. I always this is one of those issues that I always remembered, not just by the cover alone and the title "Eternity in an Hour," just just the uniqueness of this story and the way it's presented is one that you know, not judging it one way or the other, just remembering it that this is one one of the more memorable issues and stories in this in this book during its run. So, um, so, what did you like or dislike about it?
1: I mean, I did like the art, like in and of itself. Um, like there, there are aspects of the comic itself that just don't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, I mean, you're, you know, you're you're grasping quite a bit to show that Hal Jordan of all people, is the reincarnated form of Adam. Which, on the one hand, like, okay, well, wouldn't most people be the reincarnated form of Adam? But, you know, because if he was lived out long ago, you know, how many people actually came from him or whatever. But, I mean, like, beyond that, like, um... Yeah, so it's Hal Jordan. He's, I guess, the first Spectre that was reincarnated from Adam. But, you know, like, it, when you bring up this concept that if somebody was reincarnated from Adam, then you figure how many people could there have possibly been back then?
0: Well, see, that's that's where I don't – well, aspl- there's absolutely no doubt that it's certainly – they're, they're getting the adam and eve theme across it's like a parable no matter how you want to slice it that they're doing the analogy i don't i didn't necessarily automatically assume that they were supposed to be that she was absolutely had to be eve and he absolutely had to be adam but it's but it but it certainly was a story that was echoing what we a, a variation on the theme of what we know about about you know, because they mentioned they mentioned paradise and they mentioned how have, you know but she, in this in this version she you know purposely left purposely left him behind because as much as she loved him her thirst for like knowledge and everything was more so then she had to climb to get to climb and, you know to truly get to paradise and to find where the tree was and she ate the fruit and then you know and basically all her thoughts became reality and things like so i so i think there's to me there's a definite a- Adam and Eve, you know, analogy going on. I don't necessarily know if we are absolutely supposed to take that they want us to believe that this is Adam and this is Eve, one hundred percent. But yeah, but you can, mean, but, you can, but yeah. it absolutely could be interpreted that way based on what we know about the story.
1: It, like I'm using Adam and Eve as shorthand for like the initial people who you know ate from the like it's it's a hundred percent the tree of knowledge you know yes. like even even if you don't say that it's Adam and Eve it is 100% Adam, you know the the tree of knowledge and she is eating of it now she does not give it to Adam Adam in turn you know it just he just ends up dying because he was abandoned by you know his love or whatever so i mean yeah there are aspects of this story that don't you know correlate exactly to you know the creation myth But, I mean, like, maybe it's also tying into some other set of mythology that I'm not familiar with. Maybe it's some kind of South American mythology. Because, like, you know, the whole thing seems to be taking place kind of in South America at this temple. Which I've never really associated with the creation myth, but whatever. Um, Yeah, I mean, it is essentially the Adam and Eve story although they do mention that there was a tribe of people that they were from right so we know that they're not the only two people
0: and but she, like and she, and she does get God, i mean she does literally get like godlike powers from this it isn't just that yeah. it wasn't just and she was and there wasn't there's really arguably there's no aspect of the devil tempting her in this there could be you could read into it but there, but it isn't as blatant but just the fact that you know, she says, "I become the, you know, I became the wheels of creation. Gods and angels were born, it's born were born in, of my thoughts. Worlds without limit burst from my womb." So it's kind of like it's almost like she. It's almost like the power and the power, let alone the knowledge that she got from that, from eating that fruit, almost pretty much made her, made her, a, if not the god, made her a god. You know, to be able to kind of like create anything she thought of. You know, came to fruition, and then. Which is an int- which, which is kind of interesting, also kind of trying to, you know, jibe that with obviously we know in this book that there is one God because you know the, the presence which yeah. relates to Hal being the specter to begin with. So the que- so the question is, I guess, I guess she had powers of she had powers of God, but she wasn't God Himself or herself or itself. So
1: well, I mean, I mean, the power of knowledge is essentially a. Um, it's like a metaphor, right, you know, for godlike powers or whatever. Um, my point is, though, that you're talking about like, from however long back this was, maybe there was you know if there was a hundred million people on the Earth at this point, which I would say, you know, almost certainly there is not, but just say that there is. Now there's seven billion people. Like, if you're going by the idea that souls are recycled, like, you're going by the idea that souls are recycled, and also, like, there's just, like, you know, an assload of other souls being generated all the time. I mean, like, it's just a very weird thing to drive with. You know, like, there's a soul factory making new souls, but that also the old souls are, you know, getting new bodies. I hear you. I mean, that's more so like, I think that's issues that I've had in the past also.
0: Right. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of. I, I did. I did like the fact when she, when they the, kind of giving it the when she's trying to answer Hal's question, uh, but not, but being so vague about it to start with, like I'm the woman who has watched humankind st- stumble drunkenly through the, s- the centuries, living lives of violence, lust, and cruelty. I'm the woman who has seen the Earth Mother herself trample beneath man's booted feet, and I liked them the imagery there, with the pyramids and knights and Da Vinci and I think it's the Arc de Triomphe and. Almost like Easter Island. Looks like one of the statues almost from Easter Island. So it's kinda, I I kinda like the, kinda like the marching through history and the, kinda like the, the the crapping on, crapping on the earth itself going forward too. So.
1: Yeah. It's, I dunno. A weird
0: issue it is it, it is it is a weird issue there's no doubt about that it's and I think as we've talked about before I think we kind of it's somewhere like around the last few issues and probably this issue is a good example of it too even though we do get more I think mainstream arcs kind of sort of coming up in the next you know handful of issues because we have the Abin Sur storyline we have to deal with and that eventually we deal with the uh, you know, the quote-unquote Sinestro storyline mm-hmm. that this is kind of in a way where I think where, if you wanted to pinpoint it in the last few issues, kind of where I think this book kind of went off the rails for most people. I mean I still I I still appreciate this issue of the series for what it was, and I, I appreciate it for being different, and it was being different to me. It was kind of being different. In a in a bold kind of way, not like being different, like how like when De Mateus and they were doing like lar, like Larflees and not and going going off on the rails. Period. Where like nobody, I think nobody was going to care about the direction they were going in. And you can't even say, "Oh yeah, this is this is interesting. This is this is bold." No, the, this actually at least was. I mean, this was. But the problem was, I think they were getting to the point as we're re- pretty much at this point. We're halfway, th- about halfway through the proper. Spectre series that things that I think that's where they probably started to lose some of the diehard Hal Jordan fans that just wanted to see Hal Jordan as a hero even if he wasn't Green Lantern that they just wanted to see him do Hal Jordan like things just having a hell of a lot more power and I think stories like this kind of like they kind of started churning too many of these out and I think that's where the book started probably taking a turn downward as far as, you know, sales and the fan base.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like, I, you really have to wonder how this got made, essentially. You know, like, this, like, this is, it's, it, this isn't a comic. This is not a comic book, this issue.
0: No, it isn't. I agree with you. This is, this I, is really different.
1: You know, like, and yeah, they want to do something really, really different. But I mean, like, the thing is, like, and with this entire series, they're doing something really different, but they're doing it with a, you know, like an established comic hero that people really just want to see do established comic things. You know, like, I don't understand how, like, how Demetrius... Like got this like yeah you know what we totally need to be doing this and like you know all the editors were like yeah you're right we totally need to do this this is a great great idea you know like like who who signed off on this series and especially this issue it's like
0: especially coming right after the Santa Claus issue <laughs> which, which was pretty out there to begin with it was an which you know it was an there's there's cool things about it. There's interesting things in that issue, and almost all of these things, whether we agree with the concepts being kind of espoused or not, there's interesting things in and our concepts in these issues. So that's so there's a there's a deepness to the series that even if you don't think it works, or even if you think only twenty percent of it sticks against the wall, that it's there's something to it. But yes, I mean, but. It does. Obviously, let's be honest. We and this is not a shot. I mean, we know obviously, de Mattheiss has a lot of influence and has and has a lot of respect because he because he quite often gets to do things like sh- series like this that that are off the beaten path, and he usually gets at least a a plenty of a plenty of issue of. Uh, Cushion to do what he wants to do before before the rug potentially was going to get pulled out from underneath him. I mean, this book this book ran for over two years, and it probably would have run longer if there had it was this aspect of the book was toned down or reined in and supplemented at least evenly with the heroic aspects. So it, but I agree. I mean, but he, but we've we've seen a, but he has had a lot of you know. He has had a lot of different series in which he's taken books that – I mean, honestly, let's, let's look at Larfleet's. Fleas pretty much lasted a year, and I'm sure that book – he probably knew he had a year going in. He probably said, at the very least, you're getting the, you're getting 12 issues. So, I mean – and that, because you would think, based on sales and just based on where that book was going, I mean, it would have been really easy for that book to be canceled before that. But he got to at least more or less tell the story that he wanted but this is and plus again we don't know deep down we don't know what plans they kind of had for the Spectre at the time if they really had a long term if they had any kind of long term plan if from a DCU proper perspective of where they wanted Hal Jordan as the Spectre to fit in and to go whether there was any kind of end game at all like, even being envisioned other than maybe by Jeff John still but but who did not have all that who was just starting to get some you know really getting power at the, at the time of obviously Day of Judgment but it does make you wonder. You're right, because you this this would not, you know, this would not seem to be a recipe for for success.
1: No, it's it's like it's as if they were trying to do a Vertigo book in the DC proper, and I don't know, like they they just kind of went with like high concepts and not really a good narrative story
0: anyway. No, yeah, this this I mean it, it definitely became it they tried to balance it out of in the in the beginning. They tried to balance it out to try to keep make it more so your standard straightforward comic book fans might have an interest in the book where your Hal Jordan fans would definitely be on board for you know with the book and then also try to add in some deep elements and kind of like have even in like add in deep elements even like in the Batman and the Superman crossover Storyline things like that, and even in you know even like we talked about one of the one of the best issues is the Two Face one. And there's some deep concepts in the Two Face one, but because you're dealing with a straightforward you know regular DC comic book character, a villain, among other things we see in that issue, it's like okay, I think that's a good melding. It was a good merging of the concepts. But as we but there wasn't once you got past the first like six or so issues of this book leaving out you know the parallax issue which was pretty cool that this book started to really get into the more of the metaphysical a little bit too regularly I think and I think that's kind of what it kind of like bound their hands I think and it kind of and I think it also it probably did also turn off a lot of the mainstream yeah readers. yeah I, I
1: mean you know I, the like I said, the art in this book in this book is it's definitely more apropos, and I think there's there's a lot of um, a lot of images that are, are very well done. But I mean, by the same token, it's like that they, they put out a prose book, you know. Like after like I got this, I remember I got this, and I you know I flip through and I'm like, what the hell is this? And it's like this is garbage. I'm not even giving this a shot. And I just, like, you know, put it in a bag and board and put it back in the box, and that was it. It Like, maybe, you know, better luck next time. Hopefully there'll be an actual story. But I mean, like, you know, it's, okay, Hal Jordan the Spectre, this time he's going to redeem Eve. Like, what's the point? Like, literally, what is the point of this story? Like, there is less than no point. Like, you could have told this story with, like, like, Eve could have been literally any other character in the DC universe. Like, I mean, like, you know, they could have had any... uh, Go for any female. Just randomly pluck any female character in the DC universe who just happens to be reincarnated Eve. And maybe, like, because of the specters there, like, it's resonating more and more and it's causing a lot of disruption in her life. And so the Spectre has to come in and... Essentially, uh, forgive the past aspect of the soul of whichever character there, this this is, so that way they could move on and you know live a more you know healthy life or whatever. And that way, you actually get the the, the specter, you know, interacting with Eve and redeeming her, and you could have that whole story to play out, but then also it to like you know the actual DC Comics universe that this is supposedly set in almost barely and you know like there's this this book is just like it's so it's almost as if like they were doing this because they could get away with it and they weren't telling stories that people would enjoy because they didn't have to
0: that's an interesting take I'm a, I th- I think there's a lot of truth in that but there but that's a very interesting take on it. Mm.
1: It's like the further we get into this series like it just, just aspects of it like just really anger me. Just it's almost like, you know, it's like, well, we're we're writing this, this comic book and we know what we're doing and if you don't like it, then clearly you're wrong. You know, like and that's that's what it seems like with this book. And it's like, okay, well if you're if you keep turning off readers like left and right, and they're and people are basically only buying this because you have Hal Jordan in it, even though he's rarely ever doing anything Hal Jordan y, like you're failing at this book.
0: Yeah, I think that that I think that does I think that does sum it up and on, on some on some basic levels. Yeah,
1: you know, yeah, like like if you if if this book had been about like any other character, it would have lasted six issues and gotten canceled. And it's like they're trading on the name recognition of Hal Jordan to get this you know whatever mindless you know garbage pointless stories they want to tell out, and you know they've got the. The, the forum for it because it's like ah well, you know we want to keep Hal Jordan in the public eye so whatever go write whatever stories you want I don't know just just makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I'm sorry <laughs> I didn't I didn't mean to upset you it's been we know it's been a tough weekend so I didn't mean
1: to... <laughs> yeah I, you know and I didn't expect it to just make me this angry but um I I, I think the next issue with the vampire. Will be uh, a little more easier to uh, to digest, but um,
0: and and we have and we have Soul War coming up. Whether we do that next or not that that definitely that definitely is much more of a mainstream story.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like I remember there was let's say let me I can't even scroll through the images. Um, I mean, I remember there was the issues with uh, what do you call it. Sinestro. Yes. You know, like when was the Sinestro issues?
0: I actually keep forgetting what it is. I think it. Well, I th- I think we got a couple more issues to go.
1: Uh, let's see. I'm seeing. Okay. Well, I just happened to click on issue 22, and like right off the bat, you've got that weird <laughs> asshole character. From uh, earlier on, with the yin yang symbol on his head.
0: Oh, uh, stick minus right.
1: Yeah, but Spectre's in it. Um, Spectre's in this issue. Uh, yeah, this one looks like it actually has some interesting aspect, aspects to it. Oh, so yeah, at least you got some so Spectre to look forward to in issue twenty-two. Um, you mean Spectre
0: or, or Sinestro?
1: Spect well, good good issues of Spectre.
0: Good I issues think. of Spectre.
1: Yeah, in Sinestro. And it looks like Sook's out on art after issue fifteen, or no, fourteen was a, a guest, and then fifteen goes over to a different artist.
0: Yeah, because we get Craig Hamilton back in next in the yeah. next issue, which actually the two of the better issues so far of this book were drawn by Craig Hamilton. The the uh, Two-Face one and the Parallax one were both Craig Hamilton issues.
1: And then after that, it's Norm Brayfogle. And yeah, once Norm Brayfogle takes over, the art style makes it seem more like a comic book. Whether or not that continues. Uh, Yeah, Sinestro's in issue 16. I don't know how much he's in there for, but he is in 16. So... Yeah, you know what, I I have a feeling that after this issue, they probably said, yeah, you know what, (laughs) you start writing, getting some better stories in here, or else you're, uh, you're done. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because, like, after this, it's like, yeah, next up, we have a vampire story, and then after that, we've got Hal Jordan in space, um with, like, a lot of, like, Green Lantern-y type stuff going on and crystals and all sorts of jazz. Um, And then, yes, the very final scene in 15 is Sinester showing up. So, that would tell me that after this issue, they said, like, or even after, maybe it was after the last issue, they said, okay, like, this is garbage, (laughs) and you've got... One issue left of your garbage, and then you better start writing stories that people want to read. So. Okay, that's all I have to say about this issue. It's like
0: we've we've all, all we can stand, and we can't stand no more.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But I do. But there are there are some I mean, there are some cool stories. I think at least from what I remember coming forward and moving. I think that's why I think the Soul War might be a good. And we'll determine, we'll decide upon that. But that might be a that might be a cool way to go next, just because maybe because you need your spirits lifted to go back into like a mainstream, since that's a Justice League Specter crossover. So that might be a, that might be a good way to go, and 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 plus that there's a relevant part relevant parts in it related to Batman and Hal and everything else. But there are still some things coming along in the series. You know, we talked about you know the quote unquote Sinestro appearance. There's the Interesting, though, again, ar- arguably controversial – certainly certainly controversial decision it was with Ab- with Abin Sir, the re- resolution of Abin Sir's role in this book. Yeah, I and, don't remember it, so that's going to be a nice surprise. Yeah, and then there's – Hopefully. <laughs> it'll be a surprise. Knowing the way you've reacted in this book, probably you won't oh, like Oh, good. It. Oh, good. And there's – Obvious, and they still ends up dealing with apocalypse. You know, there's are still in the apoc you know, these apocalypse issue coming up. So yeah, I mean, there I think there are still cool stories, especially the because he, as he heads out into space and things like that, as that's going to be coming up soon with the as we get get closer to the Sinestro arc or in the Sinestro arc. So I still, so, but yeah, I think this is kind of if if there's a part in this series where it jumped the shark, this is probably. Uh, Probably the last couple of issues is where it, it really it really did.
1: Wow, I mean, I have to say, like at least uh, Sook went out on a, a high point on the art.
0: Yeah, that is true. I mean this this was one of the better, and maybe because it is in like a storybook style and it's just a very general the art and there are there's not a lot of detail, which is always Sook style. But I think because of what the stories that are being well, the story he has to tell here, it works. I think even the – so even Hal as the Spectre doesn't look – he doesn't look great in a lot of these things because so that's not his forte. But he does – but a lot of the other stuff when Hal is – when you're not looking at Hal as the Spectre, a lot of the stuff that – you know, when the 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 Adam, you know, the Adam character in the book, he's drawn really well. I think, you know – the Eve character is drawn pretty well. the the the, the fruit, the tree of knowledge, the uh, the the tree of death, if you will. Uh, all all mm-hmm. that's drawn pretty well in here. So I do, lo- and I, I it's a it's a I I kind of like the story in a way, but it like you said, it, it was it probably could have been told in a little. Certainly, it could have structurally the way the book looks on on the page. It could have been told in a better. A better fashion, no doubt, but I think I do. I do like the idea that, in a way, it was. This was kind of like a morale booster for Hal, in a way that you kind of get a glimmer. But you kind of know, you know, you know that there's a sadness and there's a loneliness to Hal and what he's doing. But this kind of like brings it home because it kind of almost gives you like a third party perspective on it. And then the fact that now he's because of the events in this, from this story and what he has learned throughout, you know, this story about his past and her, and who she was and everything else that it supposedly makes his journey maybe a little less lonely. So, <laughs> maybe.
1: Because he, he has a singing star for him.
0: That's right. So, yep. so now we can go babysit Helen and forget all about this. Stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Ugh.
1: Let's bring him back as a Green Lantern and forget all of this ever
0: happened. <laughs> Just like Hal himself supposedly has forgotten pretty much everything as a Spectre other than the fact that he was the Spectre but what he did as the Spectre was all supposedly blurry yep Um, as will this this book will be to us in a couple years after we finish this spinoff then there will be audio recordings to prove that it happens (laughs) much like these issues Um, oh my
1: god how funny would it be if like we just wait a few years and we erase all the actual audio but the titles of the episodes are still there god Nobody will ever listen to us review them again, but they'll know that we did do, that, do it at one point. <laughs> that would be pretty
0: funny. It it would be pretty funny. Um, <laughs> all right, so that's so that's pre- uh, that's pretty much it as far as the actual ish the issue goes. Uh, thank God. So <laughs> we have a few minutes, so let's talk about some. Not, more, more uplifting stuff potentially. What do you, you want to talk? Do you want to do quick movie talk first? Do you want to talk about Game of Thrones preview talk, or what would you prefer to do? We don't have to do much you know, of it, but we can just do a little bit.
1: It's been a while since I saw the Game of Thrones previews, so I mean, as amped up as I am for the show to begin, I don't know how much I could actually discuss. The previews?
0: Well, I I don't mean necessarily what what they showed in the in the in the teasers. I just mean just from what we're expecting, maybe out of the season. But if you but if you want to stick, with – we but we can push kick that down the line too, if you want, and just talk about some of the movies we've seen briefly. It's up to you. <laughs> I, oh. I just figured it would be t- it would be timely because by, you know by the time this comes out, or when this comes out, uh, G- Game of Thrones will only be a couple of days away at this point from. From premiering so
1: but yeah no I'm looking forward to it but uh what was the last movie I saw um
0: let's wasn't, see wasn't you saw something after Pirates right or was it Pirates uh,
1: I think Pirates was the last thing I saw
0: so you haven't seen Wonder Woman yet
1: no no I haven't seen okay. I haven't seen Wonder Woman haven't seen Spider-Man haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy haven't seen Logan
0: you're really. Uh, I mean, you're really behind this year, and I'm behind, <laughs> but you're really behind.
1: I, I did see Power Rangers when it was in the theaters, but <laughs> that's not really something anybody's bragging about.
0: <laughs> I I haven't. The only things that I've seen, I have not seen Spider-Man yet. I'm probably going to see Planet of the Apes this week, unless that falls through. I have seen Wonder Woman. Saw Wonder Woman a couple of weeks ago, and I saw Pirates. Pirates was the last movie Chuck and I actually saw. Uh, So good movie. I liked it, but I don't think I liked it as much as you did.
1: I yeah, well, you know, I I like all the the pirates movies. I thought, well, I thought the one before the you know last one, number four, was pretty boring. But uh, by and large, I do like them. But yeah, I mean, like as far as just overall story and. Like how I felt when I left the movie theater, I think I like the last one the best.
0: Of all of them, Period? yes. Hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. De- I would definitely say I did not like that. I didn't like it as much. I think the first one's still the best. Mm. I think. I think Black Pearl's still the best. The issues. The issues that I had with Dead Man with Dead Men Tell No Tales mostly were had to do with Jack himself. And I understand that Jack is in the, in the beginning of the movie. He's supposed to be down on his luck, and he's supposed to be, you know, even more even more drunker than usual. Jack Sparrow, and everything else. So, it, so, so I can understand the tonal shift and why he's not really a like, as likable a guy in the beginning of the movie. I kind of understand that, but yet that is what makes the series really. <laughs> and, and if you do, and it's almost like you can look at the movies and when Jack is more like likable, Jack or. Uh, and looking out for himself, but at the, but still at the end, trying to do the right thing, Jack. That, that tends to be when when possible, trying to do the right thing. That that tends to make him, I think, more enjoyable, at least for me. And I didn't and I didn't get as much of that in this movie. I didn't think I didn't think Jack Sparrow was that funny in this movie, even after even after he got you know sobered up a little bit more and the Black Pearl came back in. And I and I and I kind of had and I kind of had. A, it bothered me a lot that he that he had all this animosity towards Will and Elizabeth. I mean, I, especially at the end when when you know when Will you know spoiler alert, which doesn't really matter now because it's like a month and a half. Uh, it, 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 and it's it's you know it's a month and a half after the movie came out. I mean, spoilers are kind of irrelevant at this point. But after that curse is lifted and. You know, all the sea curses are supposedly lifted, and, and and Will and Will is free from being the captain of the Dutchman anymore, and he's reunited with Elizabeth. The fact that you know, Jack's looking at this through the spyglass, instead of you know smiling or something, he still has that look of like almost like disgust on his face. I, that bothered me. You think if he had just had kind of like a, just a smirk to himself at that point, kind of making it sound like yeah, I'm kind of glad you know things worked out okay for them despite how he acted earlier in the movie, I think that would have been cool, but the fact that he still seemed to have a chip on his shoulder about that, that kind of bothered me, because I don't think that would be, I don't think Jack from the first movie, and even Jack from uh, At World's End, would have been like that at the end. <laughs> at the end, I, think, at the end.
1: I think for me, the reason, one of the reasons that I probably like this movie more than most, is because Jack Sparrow was never really the draw for me.
0: Okay, that makes sense then.
1: Um, You know, like, for me, it's more about the world and all of the characters acting in it. And, like, I never really viewed it where Jack Sparrow was, like, this awesome, like, superhero. He's, like, the star of the show. I mean, like, I get that he's kind of supposed to be, but, I mean, like, they did enough, you know, they did a good enough job with, like, All the other characters, especially like the two new kids, um, you know, uh, the Turner's kid and, uh, the girl, and, um, what do you call it, uh,
0: the Salazar?
1: Yes, Salazar was fantastic. You know, I mean, I I love that. Thought he was, you know, exceptionally, you know, well played, but, um, yeah. So yeah, and like, and I like the the Paul McCartney uh, cameo. Yeah, that
0: was kind of. I, I I got to see that, but I I the full impact of it was kind of lost because I was literally walking out to go to the bathroom, and then I saw that was and then I saw that was going on. So I waited in you know I waited for a second before I went out. But I, but so I wasn't sitting in my seat to watch all of it. But yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of funny. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, no, it just it's I thought it was a fun movie. Um. You know, you you got a nice tie-up of a bunch of the stories and everything. So, yeah, I liked it. I'm on board for another one. I'm sure they'll make another one.
0: There has to be at least one more because of because of the however you want to interpret or explain away the the, the ending, that that there. Ha- and remember, even the marketing for the movie just said the final adventure or whatever begins. They didn't say they didn't say this was the final one. They just said the <laughs> final adventure begins, which so kind of tells you right off the bat that they were going to stretch it out. And to be fair, based on the money that it's made worldwide, it justifies making another one. This is this is another franchise. This is another franchise. Actually, even more so now because because pretty much transformers has bombed everywhere <laughs> in the big picture you know the last month the last couple of transformers i think movies made like over a billion dollars and this one's not going to come close to that uh so even overseas this transformers isn't doing like what the other ones did so but Pirates still is a franchise that is still has it it does better than it's doing better than transformers here <laughs> Overall, at least certainly on opening weekend, I think it has a bit. It's it's and it certainly has still has more of a fan base overseas. It's made a decent chunk of money, so they definitely can justify making another one. And based from a story from a story perspective, yeah, we need to get we do need to get the explanation for what was that really Davy? Was it really Davy Jones? Is it related to Calypso? Uh, so what exactly was going on? What what, what you know what is if it is Davy Jones, what is his real beef with Will in particular? <laughs> I mean, you think is you think you think there are other people he would be going after more than Will, since Will technically he became captain by default just because Jack had his hand held his hand and put the knife in. <laughs> he was really dying or barely he was dead or barely alive at that point. He wouldn't have been able to stab it on his own. So I don't know, but that's that's going an, like to be and you like and you certainly hope that they have thought that out you really hope they don't think Oh, well, that'll be a really cool thing people to talk about but we have no idea what it means until we sit down and write the next movie you really hope you really hope that's not the case because there are some things that automatically come to mind it's like if all the sea curses were lifted then why would Davy Jones still look like Davy Jones even right. though maybe that's not related necessarily to the sea itself um, or it's directly related to something and maybe it's not a curse but it's still related to Calypso but not who still exists you know she was freed she still exists so maybe that's not related to the curse the curse the original curse for davy jones was just him not being able to step foot on land and so once every like 10 years and then when and once she wasn't waiting for him when he when he arrived on land that first time that kind of made him down the road of being the squid-faced davy jones cuz that's when he cut his heart out supposedly so so i guess there's ways to explain it but it's kind of odd just like you know the question is you know are we are we going to see barbosa again despite how it looks like we shouldn't are we going to see Barbosa again
1: yeah um, I think you
0: have to I think you have to too I mean because it's having although it,
1: I will say this because it's Jeffrey Rush yes and I think if they made another Pirates movie he would want to do it I think he would be willing to do it and I think he'd come back for it because I mean like he probably wouldn't even come back for like the whole thing like he could come back for half of it and everybody would still love it but if in case on the off shot that Jeffrey Rush does not make it to the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie, then it's a very good ending point for him.
0: Yes, yes. There's a, there's there's absolute resolution there, you know, to and you can say it's a satisfactory end to his storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh I I felt bad for Jack the Monkey though. <laughs> <laughs> and It is kind of funny that the monkey then then automatically starts palling around with Sparrow and you would think maybe he would have found somebody else because they didn't exactly have the best relationship of all time. <laughs> but but maybe he figures he better he better be nice now because technically speaking, if you wanna if you want to believe that the the Aztec gold curse is also a sea curse, which is arguable too considering the original Aztec gold you would think came from the land <laughs> But if you want to say that's another sea-bound curse because of the you know the Isla de the Morta there that Jack would you know Jack the monkey would be mortal now he wouldn't be immortal anymore. So if you want to say, if you see that a sea curse so maybe maybe he figures he better be nice now cuz if Jack shoots him for shoots him again this time he'll die.
1: <laughs> I mean he's a monkey. I don't think he's really thinking about that too much. Hey,
0: you don't know. he's, he's a pretty smart thinker for <laughs> in that group. <laughs> Uh, but he's one clever monkey that's right uh but i'm glad you know i'm glad the, i'm glad the pearl came back i'm glad the monkey came back uh it was kind of getting i was kind of getting to the point i'm getting sick and tired of poor Bosa always pulling the fast one and taking the ship from jack though that was that's kind of played out for me at this point. Like every single time that oh the black pearl comes back and everything looks fine and dandy and at the end of the day you know j- usually Jack ends up getting screwed this time he only didn't get screwed because of Bar- how what happened with Barbosa but if they had both survived you know Jack would have got screwed again <laughs> but I kind of did yeah. like the idea that that Barbosa ended up becoming like like the pirate of pirates you know after the you know because of having uh but Blackbird Black, Bur- black Beard, sword, and everything else, and just he kind of he he kind of like moved up in the world to be like the creme de la creme of pirates, while while Jack's like down at his luck like a drunken bum. <laughs> oh, so much has changed, and so much has not <laughs> Um,
1: let's see. As far as trailers, have you guys been discussing trailers lately?
0: I don't think we've discussed anything recently. What, what do you want to talk about in particular?
1: <laughs> well, uh, I mean, for one thing, Black Panther.
0: I don't think we talked about Black Panther, though. It's been a while since I saw it. Some of the memories, so the act, all the details are not as fresh in my mind about it. But I think feel- it's just, I think it's just a teaser. Yeah, it is a teaser.
1: It's not like the full trailer, but I mean, like from what you saw, like it's a really well developed, you know, like mm, I would say environment that they've developed for it.
0: Yes, yes. It's definitely visually and everything, the world that they're creating seems to be nice and seems to seems to be unique and it seems and it will suit that story and that character very well. Which I just watched Civil War again last night for like the umpteenth time. So it's kinda cool that we're talking about it.
1: Yeah, no, they did a really good job of making uh the Black Panther look like uh a <laughs> real badass in that trailer. Um I like yeah, I, I I do wonder how well it's going to do, you know, like with, with like say Ant-Man, like Ant-Man did okay and it did better after people started seeing it. I wonder if it's going to be like that kind of situation, but I mean, Black Panther looks like it's going to cost a lot more to make than Ant-Man.
0: Hmm. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'll, I think it'll do fine. You have to you have to also remember. Don't that's only going to be like a couple of months away from Infinity War, so so that so I think that's gonna they're gonna start ramping up the hype machine for that. Uh, it's it's certainly it's probably will help the movie coming out because it's a February. Re- I think it's a February release, isn't it? Right, it's for Black History Month. I think it's still supposed to be February. I don't think. Oh wow! It, unless it comes out in the beginning of March, uh. But either way, the time frame it's going to be released. I think it'll do well. I think having the, having the character introduced in Civil War helps. I think that character had a great debut, and I think people really took took strongly to that character. So it isn't where like Ant Man, you kind of know conceptually of the character, but we really hadn't seen him until the movie.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. So I yeah. think
0: so I think they've kind of established that you know probably you know there's going to be I mean obviously there should be a teaser trailer for. Infinity War probably by the time Thor comes out too, but there should be a full the full trailer for you know for ant for uh, excuse me for Black Panther should be probably on Thor at the very least. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think Black Panther will do well. I'm looking forward. To, I'm obviously looking forward to getting some in, some Infinity War footage. I saw. I'm curious to see how much. I'm curious to see how much Cap is going to be in it. I mean, they, they 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 kind of made a point of talking about how you know Chris Evans you know you know upped his contract so he could be in both movies. But a we kind of knew he was going to have to do that to begin with because we knew we only had one movie left on his deal, you know? <laughs> and, 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 and and we kind of knew. See, it, it's it's and pl- it's, you can look at it from two two perspectives. That if he really is planning on leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the time being, that you might as well you know you. Obviously he's been really nice in making cameos because obviously he did the Dark World one and I think all the stuff he did for Spider-Man Homecoming again didn't count on his contract either and not everything that made it into the movie but I think there's a lot of extras that might a lot of extra stuff that will show up like in the on the Blu-ray and the DVD a lot of little the cameos and stuff that he did for as you know Cap in that movie that it made sense if you know if you think this is gonna be your last go around, you might as well you know, try to get a little more extra money. You don't need you, need, you don't need like uh, Robert Downey Jr. money to make, but you might as well get paid a little bit more if you're gonna be in in both of them. Even though I still have my doubts how much he's gonna be in the first one, I have my doubts because most mostly just by kind of instinct, because I figured he he'll be a character that'll show up maybe towards the end of the first movie. But maybe, but not going to be a huge player in in the first movie. But that could be that's and, I, and that could be completely wrong. It's instinct plus the fact that up until now we haven't seen anything about Chris Evans being on set. Almost everybody else, almost everybody else. I don't think we've seen. A, I don't know if we've seen uh, Hemsworth either on set. But we know we've seen Downey and and Tom Holland and and. Uh, Cumberbatch and Buffalo and Scarlett Johansson we know and obviously we know uh, we know Jeremy Renner because he broke both his arms <laughs> but but as far as I know I haven't seen anything and we actually saw like you know uh, one of the director's chairs with like I think uh, with T'Challa or Chadwick Boseman's name on it but I don't think we've seen anything but Chris Evans being on set and since they filmed since the first movie is either 100% finished or almost finished and they're just about starting to film the other one now I kind of think at least circumstantially that points to the fact that maybe whatever part he's going to be in in the Infinity War is going to be filmed now while, while he's also filming the bulk of the work that he's going to be doing in For Avengers 4. So I – but either way, it made sense that he was going to re-up. I, I'm i sure he's going to have a huge role in the fourth one regardless of what his role is going to be in the third one. That's That could be a dramatic moment of when he arrives, especially depending – or when he and his group team arrives – to help out, you know, and obviously the Guardians, we know, you know, uh, we know the Guardians were on this.
1: Oh, hold on. I didn't see the last. I didn't see Guardians 2.
0: Oh, that has nothing to do with the movie. Oh. It, has do, it has nothing to do with the movie. It has to, it has to do with uh, stuff on the set that we saw Chris Pratt on the set with uh, Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. So we
1: know. damn it! You spoiled it for
0: me. <laughs> so there was, yeah, There's nothing. There's nothing in the. There's nothing in Guardians two that directly says that. Oh yeah, they're gonna be. They're gonna be in in the next Avengers. It's just that they were all on set together. So and that was kind of I think Marvel kind of has acknowledged that before that they were gonna be in. So. But yeah, I'm looking. I, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the the at least the teaser trailer for that. I think that that, that is gonna be that could be a cool that could be a really big event movie we, which the which sort of the age of ultron wasn't ultron failed as an event movie and almost maybe it had no choice it was going to fail because after the first avengers you know why would the second one be as unique you know so yeah. maybe you were doomed there was no way you could cap there was maybe there was no way based on the, what they were planning on doing they could capture that back i think civil war kind of captured a little bit of it especially for a movie that technically was a cap movie so I think, but I think Infinity War will certainly be more of an event movie than Ultron will be, and oh yeah, yeah. and certainly the in the fourth one, probably even more because I think you in a way it all depends which characters show up in the third one versus the fourth, and which characters have little screen time in the third or more screen time in the third, but not in the fourth. So I think that. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's kind of. It's really interesting to think we're finally that we're finally at that point now, after all the build up, that we're finally going to get to see that all that payoff. So that's 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 cool. Not too much. I'm looking. Not too much other than apes. I'm not. I'm looking forward to that. I still want to see Spider-Man, of course, but other than apes and Spider-Man in July, maybe Dark Tower. But there's not much I think until we get to the Justice League and uh, uh, Thor in November.
1: Yeah, Thor, Thor. I'm I'm totally amped for. Oh wait, wait. You're not. You're not. Uh, not looking forward to the Inhumans.
0: Oh God. Oh yeah. You're, <laughs> on, on, on IMAX. On IMAX before it comes onto the big screen. Onto the small oh, screen. Oh God. Uh, that that just that has that has train wreck written all over it. I mean.
1: I re- I really like how like you're watching the trailer, and at zero point did Medusa's hair ever move? Even when they're holding her down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the money for that. Yeah. <laughs> Increase the fan speed. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm definitely not – there are some things that you just – and sometimes you get surprised. There's no doubt. Sometimes you get surprised. But sometimes, <laughs> sho- sometimes there are shows you look at and you go, yeah, this sucker would be lucky if six episodes makes it on the air. And, of course, something like The Inhumans can last longer because Disney can prop it up. That they want to.
1: Well, it's a mini series, so I don't think it's going to last much longer than six or seven episodes.
0: Yeah, anyway, true.
1: I think I think it's like you know, it's a mini series f- event, and that's it. Whether or not they were ever going to come back to it, you know, they never even they never implied that in the first place.
0: It's filler, right? It's it's, it's filler until Shield Agents of Shield come back, like Agent Carter was, <laughs> isn't it? Something like that.
1: Um.
0: I thought that I thought that was maybe. That's like, an
1: interesting way to look at anything when it is being associated with the agents of Shield. Um,
0: oh, I don't. Really don't, I don't I'm, and I'm, champion. yeah, I'm not championing the, that.
1: I don't know which of the filler is.
0: But it's, <laughs> you know, it's kind of it's well, it's like. It's like how *Fear the Walking Dead* falls into the slot after *Walking Dead* finishes, <laughs> and 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 it runs pretty much until *Walking Dead* probably comes back. <laughs> that kind that that kind of sort of thing, I mean, because that's what probably. Agent Carter really was. Agent Carter was kind of like was kind of like to fill in the gap after they were done, I think, with Agents of Shield before they were ready to start up again. Um, We'll see that I yeah inhumans I don't think there's any demand for inhumans. I don't care what Agents of Shield has done for inhumans or not. I haven't watched Agents of Shield so I can't.
1: It I, hasn't done anything good for them.
0: <laughs> but I mean it's like it's like some movies. It's like you like you knew you, you knew that the Tom Cruise mummy was not going to do well <laughs> not domestically. You knew it. The way it was being marketed, the way it looked, it just wasn't going to work. Just like you knew Transformers domestically wasn't going to work. <laughs> Just like you, pro- just kind of like almost, you can almost take it to the bank that Valerian is gonna is gonna tank domestically because nobody knows what the hell it is and it looks like crap and you have no real stars in it. So there are some things you just kind of know. I mean, once in a while you get a surprise, but but Inhumans not doing well or not going being well received is probably something that wouldn't is is what you expect from it.
1: <laughs> I you know like. I haven't actually seen anything that makes me want to see Valerian other than the fact that people keep saying it's, like, made by the same people yes. that came out with uh, Fifth Element. Yep. So, you know, like, I want it to be good so that I can go see it, but I am not going to go see it based on, you know, based on anything that they've done, you know, ahead of time.
0: No, and unfortunately, I mean now, certainly for me nowadays, I have to be a little pickier in what I go see. So that's something that even if it looked appealing to me visually, which it really doesn't. I mean, it, 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 I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like the CGI looks like crap. It looks fine, but that's all it looks all it looks like. It kind of looks like I hate to say it. It kind of looks like where it's like this transformer ask thing where everything is thrown on the screen because oh, it looks so cool but yet do you do I think I'm really going to care about the characters of the story it's like well I, would I watch it on Netflix or something yeah I would probably watch it on Netflix but it's nothing I'm going to go I have no desire to go pay money to go see it because it it has no you know it has no appeal to me there's other things I could I would rather go see but I don't know um now uh, I'll say something quick before we wrap up on Game of Thrones, just so I can have that out there, it's so it's to see how wrong I'll be when the season's over. <laughs> uh, and we talked about actually, you and I, I think, talked about this when we did the wrap up last year, but it was almost a year ago now, <laughs> give or take. When yeah. the show ended, I think it was August, right? I think Gosh. it was August when it probably ended last year, that um, or close or somewhere around this time. So I do think this season's going to be all about cons- like the consolidation of power for Danny and John. And I do think a lot of these, most most of the human threats that we know of now, I think, are going to be gone. They're going to be eliminated in these whopping seven episodes that we're going to get. Yeah. Uh, I think Cersei dead. I think Littlefinger dead. I think Euron Greyjoy dead by the end of the season. So I think the White Walkers are going to be the main thing left to deal with in the final six episodes. It's possible we could get a we could get a we could get a twist where somebody who we haven't perceived to be a bad guy or hasn't really been a threat could rear their head towards, you know, to be something else that has to be dealt with. But I do, I don't think that, I can't, I certainly can't imagine more than one of those three main bad guys that I mentioned actually being around at the end of the season. Uh, I don't think they serve much of a purpose anymore. Cersei doesn't serve any purpose, other than people rooting for her. To, other, other than the uh, Joffrey factor, that other than Joffrey, there's nobody I, I would rather see die than Cersei. <laughs> and I really hope Jamie's the one to do it, and I think Jaime, and I still think Jamie will be the one to do it, doing exactly what he did to the Mad King, because Cersei's going to be so unbalanced and willing to take everything down with her, burn it all to the ground, that he's going to have no choice but to do to her what he did to the Mad King to save everybody and to save uh, King, what's a uh, King's landing and everything else. And let's see. Um, those, those are, I think that's pretty much the way I kind of envision this, the season going, I guess, I get, I guess we would assume we're going to get some, at least some people are going to know about John's her- heritage, his aunt, you know, where he belongs in the, th- by the end of the season, I don't think they're going to necessarily keep that to the final six episodes. It will be just like, I don't know if I think Tyrion's a Targaryen. He could be, I suppose, but if not, it's going to be, I still think John's the, I think John's the one who'll be sitting on the throne. It's been all said and done by the end of the show, because he is fire and ice. He is a Targaryen and a Stark. And unless Danny can miraculously have more kids, we're going to need somebody who can carry on the dynasty, regardless. So he's got to—he's got to be the heir to the throne, even if he's not sitting on it. But technically, he is the heir to the. Technically, he is the heir to the throne, especially if uh, Rhaegar and his mother were married before both of them died, because that means John would be a legit—a legitimate Targaryen, and John actually has a better claim to the throne than Danny, because he is the son of the crown prince. So he would actually have a better claim to the throne than Danny, because Danny's only the crown prince's sister. So it'd be like it'd be like what, uh Princess Margaret in England versus you know Prince William. It's like that's it's the difference, you know. So yeah,
1: well, I mean, I think I think they set it up, and I, I'm I'm almost positive that I mentioned this last time on the wrap up when um the God I can't remember his name, but the guy that kept fighting for um, Daenerys.
0: Oh, Mormon Jorah.
1: Jorah? Yeah. yeah, and he said, you know, the the thing that he said to her, which was like, you know, it's like the the best sum up of her entire life. You're not a ruler. You're a conqueror. Like, right then and there. It's like, and she's proven it over and over and over again. She's not a ruler. She sucks at ruling people. She's really good at conquering people. And then everything after that, she sucks at. So, like, to have her sit on the throne, it makes no sense. Because, like, yeah, okay, she'll, she could conquer everything, but as soon as she's sitting on the throne, like, everything's going to fall to shit. So, that's why I think Jon Snow, who has been, like, dealing with diplomacy, like, forever, and actually knows how to rule things, he's going to be the ruler She's going to be like leading the military, and then all like the diplomatic stuff is for Tyrion.
0: I think. So I think some of that will happen. I th- I think this season will also be about John. Will be about John understanding how to rule, really rule. I mean, he's been he's been a leader of men, but he hasn't been a ruler. And we kind of saw even last year as he came to power how sometimes it was uh, Sir Davos helped him. And then, of course, well, you know, Ms. Mormont there helped him at the right time right with the right speech. That he's not, you know, he's not an orator at this point. He's not a great orator, so he's not he he he. You know, he he has things he needs to learn. But I think this year, I think that's part of what's going to happen is he's going to. I don't. My take. My, my take. And again, it does appear, and it really does depend on whether Tyrion's a Targaryen or not, because Tyrion is another possibility for somebody who could. Theoretically, sit on the throne, but I don't think that would ever happen if he was a Targaryen. I think what really, what I think, what's going to happen is, I think Danny's going to die, not this season. Danny will die in season seven because she's going to die somehow, go, literally going out in the blaze of glory to defeat, what the Night King and the White and, and the White Walkers. I think that, I think that is her destiny. Her destiny is, to, her destiny is to reclaim the throne and reclaim the throne for the Targaryen dynasty, but not to really, but not to be the one sitting on it when all is said and done. That she will, she will. I think she will be on the Iron Throne technically by the end of the season, but she's not going to be alive at, by the end of season seven, so it won't matter. And we're going to know what John's what John's lineage is, so John will be her heir. So John will take the Iron Throne. Tyrion will probably be his hand because Davos probably, unfortunately, will die before now and then. And and because because even though Bran was being groomed to rule Winterfell because of his power, assuming Bran survives. He's probably going to be doing more important things. So Sansa could very well end up ruling Winterfell at the end of the day. She could end up really being the one who ends up inheriting Winterfell at the end, um, because you know it's not going to be Arya. <laughs> That's not Arya's style, no matter what. So, so it could be Bran if he lived, but because of his, you know, the three-eyed raven thing there, I don't think that, that might be too little for him now.
1: Well. I- that's why I kind of think that Arya will be the hand of the king.
0: Yeah, but I don't think she's got that skill set. She's an assassin.
1: Yeah, but I mean isn't that what you kind of want for the hand of the king?
0: No, well the hand of a king is supposed to be the hand of a king is supposed to be your most trusted advisor who gives you who gives you who brings wisdom to the table. Who brings something oh. and brings something to the table that you do not necessarily have yourself. It's kind of like a an yin and yang. It balances it, it balances it out.
1: Okay, yeah. Then that should be Tyrion.
0: So, I think that is that is probably Tyrion's role, regardless. I think he, I think he will be hand hand to the queen when while Daenerys is alive. I think then he'll probably then probably because, like I said, I think Davos. I like Davos a lot, but he'll probably be dead. And then yeah. John would be perfectly logical that John would make him the hand, especially if it does turn out that Tyrion is also a Targaryen. Though that would be kind of tricky too, because then no, it, was, it wouldn't be because Tyrion's claim to the throne. If he was a, if if Tyrion was a, a son of the Mad King, then he would be in the same boat as Danny. Technically, John would still be higher in in the line of succession, so that would still not be a a direct conflict. And,
1: now, with the 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 Night King or the, the it's uh, the king of the north, uh, the zombie king.
0: The night, the, the night king. I think he is. Yeah, the night king. Yeah.
1: Now, who was he beforehand? He was somebody who oh, was on yeah. the night watch,
0: and then he was. Well, they were. Didn't they explain that in the last, in, in like either the last episode or the second to last, how he was cursed by the, how he was cursed. So- and that's how it he, was
1: it was further in it was definitely further you know further back than yeah the like last the last
0: three episodes. or four episodes it was cuz brand i think that's with with brand cuz brand wasn't a huge factor i think in, toward the, in the last couple of episodes yeah. yeah i don't i don't remember exactly exactly who he exactly who he was but yeah uh,
1: i remember it was he was definitely a member of the watch like number 13 and i think he had deserted and beyond that, I don't really remember. But I know, yeah, he, he was a member of the Watch. So, I mean, like, if anything, I think if anybody's going to take him out, I think it's going to be Jon Snow as the former, you know, head of the Wall.
0: Maybe, possibly, but you also have to look at, Daener- you know, you have to look at potentially Daenerys' fire, you know, power set with the fire and the ice. That this, It could be. I mean, I don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be just one or the other. They're going to have to work. They're going to have to work in tandem. Just like this year, it'd be, quest- it'd be interesting to see how much is spent actually dealing with the White Walkers because we haven't seen that much in the in the previews and the trailers that that much of it. Because I could, it could very well be. Like I said, I think that's going to be mostly dealt with in the final six episodes. But I think you're going to have. It's all depending on what kind of alliance John and Daenerys make. It may very well be that the John, maybe John's role is to deal with the Greyjoys in the north, while Daenerys's job basically is to deal with the Lannisters in the south. And then once all that's done, then then together is when they is when they deal with the the, the White Walkers. Because um, certainly everything we've seen in the trailer indicates Dany's not fighting in the north anytime soon. Because we see, we've there there are, we've seen things already in the of, uh, like of the Unsullied fighting the Lannisters army and things like that. So as, so they're obviously not putting that off. We know Daenerys sets up a Dragonstone. She goes back to you know she takes back the familial house and an island. Uh, so that'll be kind of weird when Davos goes back there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hey, I was just there not that long ago. Well, yeah. I love what you done with the place. <laughs> so uh um, So yeah, it it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting season. It's got it's it, the good news with having only thirteen episodes left is we know there's not a lot of room for filler or words for the episode anymore. Uh because we know they can't dilly dally too much around stuff and stuff that they set up there's gotta be a much quicker payoff than that like three years down the road now. So I think that's going to be good, and it, but just it's going to kind of stink in a way that it's going to be just when it gets started, it's almost going to be over already, you know? Yeah. Once yeah. you get three episodes in, you're already pretty much you're halfway done, and then and so yeah, I'm I'm really looking I'm really looking forward to it. And It's you're getting you know you're getting down to the final you know the, the final hurrah now. You still look forward to seeing potentially you know the mountain and the hound squaring off because you would have to think if that's going to happen, that's got to happen. You would almost suspect that would happen this season if it's going to happen. Yeah, because yeah, I would think so. Yeah, because you think the the whole because to me it doesn't make any sense for the whole Lannister Cersei thing to be hanging around beyond this season because that just seems like a useless, an unnecessary distraction. When clearly what they ha- the real threat they have to deal with are in the, is in the north, so they got to. Yeah,
1: can't. but you know, like I agree, but by the same token, like people do like tuning in for them. You know, to see like what's going to happen with the Lannisters. So, like, I could almost see that getting kind of protracted a bit, and then getting the payoff in the beginning of next season. And then, because like you know, you think about some of the big battles, and they could take place in an episode. And, you uh, know, like we could yeah. like the the big battle with the White Walkers might be like, you know, the final. I don't know three episodes, and the final one episode will be, like, in two episodes to have the the battle with the White Walkers, and then the final episode is wrapping everything up.
0: Yeah, pacing, pacing does make you wonder how, you know, what's gonna... It's...
1: And they also said that next season we could be looking at, like,
0: long, feature-length yep, yep.
1: episodes, yeah.
0: Yep, long episodes, so... I mean, it is it is possible. I'm just trying to look from a story arc perspective of how how Cersei is really gonna, unless, like you said, unless that's something they they almost like a cliffhanger where they carry on into next season just to resolve it almost immediately. But it's but it's but again, and, and this is they do throw you curveball so it's hard to know. It's kind of hard to imagine the Lannisters being able to do much at this point because they really, they pretty much have nobody left they can count on. You can make a case to Grey but they're so separated, what does it matter? That, you know, pretty much every almost every area in the south is united against you know, against the Lannisters now. And Danny certainly has a big enough she has a big enough army and big enough cavalry now and the dragons that it's gonna yeah. be really hard to imagine that the Lannisters are really gonna be able to do much to really Well. Because don't forget, yeah. they didn't. They didn't. They really, did, from a military point of view, they didn't do anything against Rob either. Rob was beating them left and right. That's why. That, that's why. Uh, that's why Tywin there did what he did to to kind of do the the, the 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 screw job, the uh, the the red the red wedding screw job on him because he knew that he he had no confidence that he could beat him in the field of battle, so he had to get rid of him another way. Um, but, and we'll see if one of the and like some people suspect if one of the dragons ends up becoming a White Walker, which would be quite interesting. I just hope it's not Drogon because he's a, he's the really cool one.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't think one of the one of the three dragons is going to become a white walker. I think that there's a fourth dragon in the wall.
0: Oh, okay. So you say that um, so you think that might be the the zombie dragon?
1: Yeah, because like there's um what was it? I've I've heard talk from the books that the Greyjoy, the guy that's leading the Greyjoys, has the horn that can shatter the wall. That's one of the things that he found on his journeys, you know, for you know, through whatever. Um, so he's got the horn that can, you know, bring down the wall, which means that he could very well be, you know, like that could be his um I guess the thing that saves his his battle, you know, his squad. The thing that prolongs his story a bit longer into, you know, just past this season. Especially like if the horn controls the dragon.
0: Yeah, but, but. you have, but you have to think you have to think some of these characters are going to be off this season. I mean, yeah, eh, I, mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean. I think little, I mean Littlefinger would be another logical one because people because of the fact that we know he's always we know he's always scheming. But at the end of the day, you know, how many more cards does he have left to play? I mean, he uh, yeah, obviously but you see, he, good.
1: Well, I I see what you're saying, and what you're saying makes sense. But by the same token, like knowing the popularity of these characters and how close we are getting to the end. Like, I have a feeling that Littlefinger is going to last probably until the last season when Sansa probably is going to just stab him in the heart or something like that. You know, and with uh, uh, Cersei, I, like, I wouldn't be surprised if she you know goes into hiding for most of the season so that her finale comes next season. I could see them delaying that 100%.
0: I, if I, thought, I mean, if I had to handicap which ones, I thought which which characters had a greater chance to survive. I mean, I think I think Greyjoy's gone because he's he wasn't much. He hasn't been. In, he really isn't much of a character. He hasn't been in much. Plus, there's been. Plus, we've seen scenes of him fighting Theon. So you would have to think that maybe that could be where. I mean, yeah, Theon could die too. But you would have to think maybe that's going to be where. He gets, he gets his, and, and, and then and the sister finally ends up taking the Iron Islands. But somebody, I mean, I would be stunned if one of them doesn't die. I think one of those three has to die: Cersei, Greyjoy, or Littlefinger. So, but if I had to handicap which one, if I had to handicap it based on storyline, which one was most likely to survive? I probably would say I would agree with you. Littlefinger might be the most likely because he's not the most co, he's, he isn't he is a covert threat, not an overt threat. While the other two are 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 overt threats. Certainly, Cersei is first and foremost. Greyjoy, we know he's a threat, even though he still has the aspirations of marrying Daenerys and stuff like that. Even though we don't know, by the time this series picks up again, maybe that's kind of been dashed already, and that and that and he already knows there ain't, there ain't no chance in hell of that happening. So he's already, you know, a, a, an absolute enemy to them now. Or he just knows that that Theon and uh, his sister there have allied with with Daenerys, and that's enough for him to, to to change his plans. But I think I still think two of the three are going to die. But we'll we'll find out, we will find out soon enough. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, let me let me wrap us up so we so I can let you get ready for bed. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to contact us, lanterncast at gmail dot com. Website is lanterncast dot com. You can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook, hashtag GLCast to locate us on either of those. iTunes and Stitcher, please leave us a positive review on whichever platform or platforms you listen to us on. And last but not least, 708 Lantern is the voicemail. Let us know what you think and what you would like to hear and just give us feedback in general. Um, Jim and I, we don't have a time frame for when we'll be... be back but probably since this is july i'm going to guess we probably won't be hitting this again until probably maybe end of september um i think we'll want to get some of these done but as we march closer to episode 300 we're probably going to want to have some of these in the can so in case we want to do something a little more special than just you know and that's that our get-togethers or big get-togethers aren't special but if you want to do a, thing a little bit a little more organized or some skits or whatever we have more time to do so so having some of the spinoffs ready to go in like a, a couple like a in the final month as we're before 300 would be due that might be beneficial so until then good night everybody so long quarters in session Sound. No appeal on the docket today Just my own sin The walls cold and pale The cage made of steel Screams fill The load I drop and deal Silence now the sound